Welcome to the Ashenden Anemometer as of the 19th of June 2020. Are you sitting comfortably? Excellent. Windows open for a nice cool breeze? Even better. Right, let's move on. This month's maximum gust of 35.5 miles per hour put us but halfway up to the 2017's all-time record. <laughs> Hardly worth a second-class stamp. The rain gauge, which up until the past few days, raced ahead to come in at 1.8 inches, or for those favouring the Bureau International des Poids et Mesures, 47 millimetres. I'm sure we could get even more pedantic and have you all polishing up your platinum prototypes, but to all intents and purposes, little wind and a lot of, lot of wet on the silver black scale. Anyone who had a heart would know that. Oh, apologies, but I think my string vest of age has just revealed itself and possibly some of my long johns with it. However, in the rain gauge, insect diving into the dried out instrument has now to be avoided. A brief but fierce debate was encountered on the Ashton and Anemometer's outreach staff socially distancing perambulation to the furthest flung edges of the village, whereby a local resident challenged the definitive observations of little damage or noticeable Beaufort observations occurring at the forge close end of civilization compared with the debilitated trees near the East Farm curtilages. You know, that bit on the Ordnance Survey map where it shows pumping station, and the words, there be dragons. Thus it was revealed that not only are there other residents in Ashenden, but they are not welded to their screens or hourly Covid reports. In fact, said resident went so far to, to suggest that at his end of the village, there should be another anemometer. The outreach team is not averse to competition and conversations will be had as just to where it should be put. The Fitzroy Stormglass has shown a very mushy appearance of late, seemingly coincident with a couple of days of very mushy skies and soggy soil. Regrettably, in the pursuit of science, I have to claim that knocking it sideways when opening the shutters over the kitchen sink where the storm glass does its inestimable patrol work, that did not help its accuracy. Though, since first putting fingers to keyboard, the situation has been somewhat reversed with searing blue skies. What balmy weather. Indeed, balmy weather. Those... Blue skies, the sort you used to pay airlines to spew out pollution en route to, whilst delivering you to that famed holiday destination that you're not allowed to go to at the moment. Now they throw in as a bonus, encapsulating you in close proximity with other people in a Covid circulation tube. Who could ask for anything more? Aren't the airlines wonderful? Those of you familiar with the works of Carl Gustav Jung may be remonstrating at me for ignoring synchronicity or synchronicity as part of the storm glass aspects. Well, actually, I haven't been avoiding the storm glass reporting, possibly including synchronistics.
I heard that. You at the back again. Your comment is just a coincidence. Yes, I know that's exactly what you said. That's a joke. What do you mean the jury's out on that one? <laughs> Apologies, I've been diverted once again. Hector has graduated to completing his first year on the job, and I think you will agree this chocolate-coloured climatic clairvoyant cat has conveyed consistent cloud cover cognostications and provided a constant catalogue of alliteration. <sighs> Thus the AA's cup is ever full. This month, true to form, rather than get caught out by torrential torrents, he has regularly taken to the retired rubbish receptacles laid sideways on a shelf at the back of the woodshed, aka the cat cave, to ponder precipitation prognostications in the dry before chancing any wet fur en route to the cat flap. Uh, he also does that for a bit of shade. I think I'm alliterated out for now. In honour of a year's sterling efforts, a handful of cheesy cat treats are being distributed. Yes, they are for Hector. I will be sticking to Shandy. Oh dear, you can't get the staff. Now, let's find out what this month's meteorological miscellany brings. It has reached P for propagation. Now, note the AA doesn't soil its hands with impropagation. <laughs> oh dear. Uh, you're probably aware that radio waves travel in straight lines. In free space, that is. Think of the Voyager spacecraft on the edge of the solar system. It's immensely weak signal, still travelling home straight as a die. Then there are the brand new uh, ultra-high frequency 5G signals, straight as a die with massive bandwidth, but dying out in less than a kilometre, well, say a thousand feet, basically stopped by air. Going down to the lowest frequencies, uh, some of you with very long memories might recall tuning into long wave, and you still can. At even lower frequencies, ELF, Elf. Go on, guess what it stands for? ELF signals will actually travel through the ground. Handy for submarines, but bandwidth, oh dear. It may take several minutes just to send one letter. Uh, that's as in alphabet, not as in, dear mum, it's very cold here, send more socks. By the way, that is a very good reproduction of some historic mail that got sent home to Rome from a squaddy dealing with some rebellious Britunkli. Once again, I digress. Now, if we look at the Goldilocks range of frequencies not being too high or too low, a lot of what was once called long, medium, short, and to a lesser extent VHF, they're all bent, or more accurately, reflected by our atmosphere, mainly the troposphere. When the ionosphere is affected by a burst of solar radiation emanating from one of those acne plasma vents on the sun, radio waves do get very bent indeed. That is to say, some are propagated as far as the other side of the globe. An instrument called an ionosonde uses just this property of echoing radio signals from the atmosphere back down to Earth to tell us about the ionosphere and, by inference, the activity of our sun. I distinctly remember French television stations appearing on our black and white TV. French usurping the BBC, how dare they, I hear you cry. Oh, 
as I write, wearing my ham radio hat, that's amateur radio for those not familiar with the term, the 30 metre wavelength, that's 10.1 megahertz signals, sent from my diminutive amateur radio transmitter, have a potential of bouncing round to Sydney. No, not the guy down the road, the ex-colonial city that's just hit winter, suffering daytime temperatures in the low 18 degrees centigrade. That must be awful. Having to wear a sweater in the evening, just imagine. I think we should sum up this month. Maximum gust, 35.5 miles per hour. Not exactly going to blow you away. Beaufort scale, four small branches moved. If you are at the east end of the village, then obviously they were deeply moved. Hectorization, one while spelunking, six en route to cavern. Rain gauge, 1.8 inches, bathing pests totally ignoring social distancing rules. Same goes for insects. Flow pollutionometer, 41 air quality index. That's moderate. Nitrogen dioxide being the main culprit. Fitzroy Stormglass, mushy. Please forget my clumsiness. Nearly had its chips. I think I got away with that one. Um, alliterations, mainly moderate, seemingly scarce, rising rapidly. Well, I'm off for village perambulation and glimpsing what the scarecrowologists are all making with hay while the sun shines. Let's hope we get a Ashenden winner. Then, back for a definitive Hogarden Shandy. The AA lowers not its standards for anyone or even its favourite Bengal cat. On that feline subject, a pair of savannah kittens, Mark Fives by the way, the diminutive variety, have arrived in the village and it is the AA's intention to observe their wherewithal with weather when conditions permit and report back. Obviously already an alliterative litter. That's all from me, Richard Phillips, 158 metres above sea level, but ever seeking to increase the AA's horizons. Watch this space. I won't drone on about it. There's a clue. Bye.